In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. All right, we're going to kick off this episode with a couple of wonderful librarians in studio today. We're going to talk about the summer reading program coming up. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? I'm Kristen Williamson, and I'm the Children's Services Coordinator at the Metropolitan Library. You looked amazed when you said that. I'm Kristen Williamson. <laughs> I surprised myself. <laughs> and I'm Emily Williams, and I'm the Young Adult Services Coordinator. And we have the best jobs in the library, by the way. Definitely. It sounds like you guys do have the best jobs yeah. in the library. Tell us a little bit about how it works. What do you guys do? So our desks are right next to each other, and we're in the outreach department. And we get to plan awesome things like summer reading for the system and right. then other big things that happen. Um, but we also, since we're in the outreach department, get to travel around and kind of go out and do community things and outreach and talk to kids in schools. And it's never boring. There's always something different that we're doing. I was unaware that there was an outreach program yeah. for the library. Yep. That's yeah, we have awesome. we have tables at, you know, community events. We do a lot of stuff with the schools right. and go in and do like book talks and um, you know, get them signed up for library cards and that kind of thing and do database training. Um, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, and our department also does like books by mail for people that are homebound and we have book oh. centers in different like retirement homes and hospitals and stuff. So people who can't make it into the library still have access to library resources. You just reminded me of one of my favorite summer reading memories. That's right. When I, was a kid. Kid. Let's hear I don't it. remember how this program worked, but you could you'd sign up for it and you would get this list of available books and you would have this card or something. And it was a books by and, mail. And you would circle the books you wanted to write them down and just it was prepaid postage. You just put it in the mailbox. Yeah. And then like a week later, the book shows up in the mail. And I remember ripping that open. I go sit under the tree and read the whole book. And it had a little return envelope. You put the book in wow, with your yeah. next order and put it in there. And then it would come back. I forgot about that. It's it like, mm, it like Netflix for books. It was Netflix for books. <laughs> it was. But for, you know, a 10-year-old in rural Oklahoma, right. it was awesome. Yeah. Was awesome. We would sit outside in the front yard under the tree waiting for the mailman to come. Yeah. And yeah, it was in this sealed brown paper package. Wow, yeah, I had forgotten about that. Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing back that. Yeah. I, I do not have any memories like that. You don't? No. I'll get you some. <laughs> did you ever go to the library when you were a kid? I did go to the library okay. when I was a kid. I grew up in Moore, so I remember going to the library fairly regularly. I did a lot of reading in school. We had a pretty good school library all, usually, too. So, Well, what is, what is the summer reading program? So it starts June 1st and goes through July 31st, and it's an all-ages, read-whatever-you-want program. Um, it's free. People just sign up on our website, and then they keep track of what they're reading over the summer. And um, that you can earn prizes just for reading, and it doesn't have to be library books. It doesn't have to be paper books. It can be magazines, comics, digital stuff, whatever you would normally Gawker read. Gawker articles? Yes. Read, yeah. I could read Gizmodo all day long. All day. You lose points for reading Gawker articles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a way to like um, incentivize reading and get people excited. You know, we encourage families to read together, um, parents to read to their babies. Yeah, it's all ages, so infants up through grown-ups can do it, so families can read together, and then that counts for everybody. Wait, what kind of prizes are we talking about? So for children and teens, um, the prizes are books. So we got some really awesome books this year that they can choose from. Right. Um, for adults, it is earbuds and then like a portable cell phone charger. Oh, nice. So when they reach a different level, they can earn a different prize. So this feels very much like uh, when we used to do Book It back in the day with Pizza Hut. Yeah. Yes. Book It. I remember Book It. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people remember Dairy Queen, like free ice cream and free pizza. Wait, what was the Dairy Queen one? Oh, you would get like a free ice cream cone. I think uh, it was in the 80s or something. Yeah, it was you, just like in Oklahoma County, I think. And I do okay. remember Accelerated Reader in school, yeah. which was just like, find the book that has the most points on it. Yeah, people still do that. Read just enough of it to pass the <laughs> test. Yeah, take the test. Yeah. 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 With the library, it's 
fun. We want people to read for fun. We don't want them to have to, you know, stress out. A lot of adults, you know, summer is the time that they take vacations and that's the only time they have Mm -hmm. to do any kind of reading for fun. So we like to kind of cash in on that and, you know, get people's attention and, and promote all the library stuff, especially during the summer. Yeah, people take like a road trip and listen to an audiobook in the car. Oh, yeah. That counts. Oh, I've been listening yeah. to Harry Potter books again. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Harry While Potter. What's Harry Potter? <laughs> <sighs> okay. It's very it- similar. You ever heard of Houdini? It's very similar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mid magic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. that's right. I think Harry Potter was based on Harry Houdini. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> Is it Jim Dale? Is that the, uh, yeah, the narrator? He's yeah. amazing. That's very good stuff. Yes. That's somebody arguing with me the other day that I guess there's a Stephen Fry version of the Harry Potter. Is it really? They, well, I think they that... started doing, didn't they start with him I, as a narrator? Yeah, it isn't that. I don't like, know, if you but go I into love the pump, You know, when you go into the pump bathroom, you hear them reading Harry Potter, and I think it's Stephen Fry. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to go check that I out. Haven't, I haven't listened to this. I've only heard the Jim Dale versions, but. Yeah. No, I've only ever listened to two books on audio. One of them was um, Stephen King's uh, The Long Walk. Well, I guess Richard Bachman. Is that right? Yeah, The Long Walk. And then. Um, That's such a short book. Why couldn't you just read it? <laughs> you know, it, it was short. I actually, I think I listened to the whole thing while it was mowing. <laughs> it was kind of awesome. And then the other one was Fault in Our Stars. Oh, yeah. Which, of course. Is extremely sad. Just a little bit. Just pulled my eyes out at that movie. Yeah, but that was that's that's about been the extent of my my audio. Some people, you know, have long commutes and they love listening to audiobooks. Some people, I get distracted when I'm driving and I'm trying to listen to an audiobook at the same time, and I can't do it. But it works for so many people. Well, you know, Stephen Fry does the audiobook for Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes. (laughs) No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That might have to be the third one that you listen to. Wow, that actually would be kind of awesome. And Winnie the Pooh. Did <laughs> Winnie the Pooh? Yes. Oh, poo sticks. Were <laughs> you just game. reading Maddie Winnie the Pooh? She actually just read, uh, I've read it to her before, but she just read the first one to herself recently. She loved it. I've never read Winnie the Pooh. You should. It's a good read. Mm-hmm. I never have. Yep. You could check it out from the library. I do have a library card. Yes. That's what we were just talking about earlier. So Stephen doesn't have a library card. I'm going to call you out. Shame. I think I have a library card. I just don't have a physical card. All right, everybody listening, raise your hand if you have a library card. Oh, you look at all those. <laughs> those crazy yeah, I didn't see anybody raise their hands. <laughs> so is there, do you get a lot of people come into the library? I mean, is it... Oh, yeah. It gets really busy during the summer. You've got a lot of kids that are out of school, and the library is a fun place they can come. There's stuff to do almost every single day, yeah. and it's air-conditioned. Our libraries are busy all the time. I yeah. know like people who haven't been to the library in a, in a while are always like, what do you need libraries for? You have the internet, and we're just you know, laugh and then get back to work because it's so busy. I'm, the Edmond Library, is that the busiest library in the oh, state? I think so. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Yep. They, they circulate over a million items every wow. year. I'm not making that up, am I? I don't remember the I, number. I'm pretty sure that's true. Let's make wow. it too. We don't, we don't make any claims that okay. we consider our show as factual at all. So. I heard that at one point from someone. But yeah, the parking lot's always jammed. People wait at the front door. At every library that I've been mm-hmm. to before they open, people are waiting to get in in the morning at nine o'clock. Um, and it's a lifeline for a lot of people. There's, you know, free internet access. Mm-hmm. Um, people are applying for jobs. You know, we're teaching older adults how to sign up for email accounts. And, you know, that's the only place in the community where people can go to get that kind of stuff for free. Mm-hmm. And there's a library. We have 19 library locations, um, 20 if you count the digital library. Um, in Oklahoma County. And so there's a library in every community and it's super important and vital. I can remember spending lots and lots of time in the library when I was a kid. Um, And it's strange to think that I don't do that anymore or don't feel like a a need to go there anymore. Um, And I've got two, I'm like right in between two, I'm between Belle Isle and then the one downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, and every time I go into the library, it kind of brings back those. Well, the Ralph Ellison Library yeah. right down the road. Oh, yeah, that's true. Is that the one that you work at? I used to work there. Now I'm downtown. Oh, now you're downtown. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you do you do all the kids programming stuff there as well, right? Well, I help organize like the system wide children's programs, mm-hmm. and then I'll fill up, fill in at any of the libraries. Like if somebody is on vacation or out sick, I can go in and cover programs for them. So every library has like a children's librarian and a teen services librarian, and then we kind of help with training and some overarching like big programs and stuff. And uh-huh. then 
in addition to all the summer reading and outreach stuff that we do. Yeah, so one of the fun programs that we have for this summer, um, we've partnered with the Oklahoma City Museum of Art, oh, nice. and they're going to have that Matisse exhibit this summer. Right. So they're going to come into several of our libraries and do a Matisse-inspired cut paper collage program for kids and for teens. When's awesome. that? Um, it's the first one is next Thursday at Capitol Hill. That one's for kids, and there's probably what. 12, 14 throughout the summer yeah, at different I, li- like libraries. a dozen teen programs, and so there's probably close to 20. And these are, like, we do programs at the library, too, for free. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's art and music and science and engineering. And, um, you know, with all the stuff that's going on with our schools and the budget cuts and everything like that, the library is a good place for people yeah. to supplement, you know, their education. So what you're saying is people can just drop their kids off there in the morning. <laughs> you guys, you guys got that them. That is not what I'm saying. No. We discourage just dropping them off. <laughs> It'd be great if parents would stay and engage with their kids and yeah. learn together. Yes. Now, I do remember being in the library and like just, I remember like you're saying, like I'm surprised, it's just occurring to me now, like I'm surprised I don't feel the compelled to do this anymore. We're just wandering down aisles yeah. and just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Like I'm going to take that book off the shelf and read yeah. whatever this yeah. thing is. And, a lot of people, um, now that we have the digital library and you can download ebooks and audiobooks and music and magazines and all that stuff, I mean, I hear from a lot of adults who haven't been in the library in a while that that's the reason why they got another library card and why they use the library now. Because um, there's so many, I mean, people spend money on Kindle and Amazon and, and eBooks and stuff like that, but you can, you can download them from the library for free. And then if you don't like it, it's not like you wasted any money. Um, you can try different books out that way. And, um, the magazine, the magazines are awesome. That's one of my favorite things just to download on your iPad and read those. Um, you can actually download the current magazines. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We have a service wow. called Zinio uh-huh. and it's, um, magazine subscriptions. And so you can go in and there's all kinds of news and entertainment and they're and full color like pdf so it looks just yeah. like really if you had the physical magazine in front of you i read some yoga wow. magazines and then i downloaded like a bird watching magazine as a joke and then i was actually super interested in it and i was like oh wow i'm gonna start bird watching now well and one of the things that i'm really excited That's about awesome. um so overdrive is the software that we use that you can download ebooks and audiobooks and we just recently got um, like 150 DC oh, comics yes. and graphic novels no way. that yes. you can download and read on your phone or your computer on your iPad and you check them out for a couple of weeks and then you return it. But like there's stuff like Watchmen and really? there's like fables and um, Sandman. A lot of the new superhero stuff, like there's a bunch of flash and they, they just started this collection, so I imagine that they're going to be building it and right. everything in the future, but it's really great. Yeah, because back in the day when we would go to the library, there were no comic books to be found. Oh. Nothing so, like that. I've been, I've been building a library for my daughter, buying her all kinds of awesome books and just trying out different styles of books that I felt like she maybe had never been exposed to before. And then I came across something that I didn't know anybody had been doing, but graphic novels for kids yeah, like Mm -hmm. smile uh, roller girl Mm -hmm. so i got her both of those and she fell in love with them how old is she she's eight awesome and so it just dawned on me that i could put overdrive on her ipad and she could those graphic novels would look awesome on there's some great for great ones for kids yeah we were just talking about this my niece is eight also and we were hanging out the other night and i had brought some of my um like adventures of supergirl with me to read while I was over there. And she was like, what is this? And picked it up and started reading it. And she's like, we don't have comic books at my house. So Emily and I have been trying to think of some good books to get for her to read because anything that gets a kid excited about yeah. reading is yeah. awesome. So if she wants graphic novels, we're going to get her some graphic novels. The author of um, Sisters and Smile has a new one coming out, I think this summer. And then we were talking about Baby Mouse and mm-hmm. um, there's another like animated Supergirl graphic novel. I mean, there's so much good stuff that yeah. there didn't used to be for, yeah. for kids, but we have a, and we have all different ages of comic books and graphic novels in our collection. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> yeah. I was reading, um, rat Queens and then what's the one that, um, Grant's super into saga saga. saga yeah. I was reading that saga. from the library. Yeah. Good stuff. So graphic novels, music, mag- I mean, is there like any medium that the library isn't touching on now that, I mean, physical medium that they're not? 
We don't have a whole lot of LPs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know they're coming back in style. I yeah, know. That kind of surprises me, actually. Yeah. Video games is something that we don't have that I've always thought would be super cool to have to check out um, because Interesting, they're, yeah. those are expensive and yeah. it'd be great to have like a, a circulating collection of that. But and some libraries do that. They Nothing. actually have video games? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that you can check I've out. I've seen some like in New York that like you can check out stuff for wow. like PlayStation and Wii and different platforms like Oh, because you also have DVDs yep. that you yeah. can check yep. out. Wow. And we also have um, Freegal, which is another one of our um, digital services that you can use, and you can download free songs every week. So there's a lot of, like, classic stuff, a lot of contemporary and popular things. A surprising amount of karaoke is on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, they're just MP3s that you can download, and what is it, like, you can get five a week? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so those are yours to keep. You just download them. And I, I love telling high school students about that when I go out and talk to, to kids and I'm like, they're already on their phones, like downloading music while I'm talking about <laughs> it. So I guess, yeah, fun. you don't have to wait to get home to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I was just, just thinking about that. Like, oh, what would I do with MP3s? But with services like um, what iTunes does, iTunes match, if I download those songs, iTunes will identify them and then add them to my library permanently and give me access to the ones in the iTunes library. Interesting. And then going wow. into the library too, just you know, like we were saying, walking down the rows, is it introduces you to stuff that you may not get introduced to otherwise. Yeah. You have experts. I mean, librarians <laughs> are experts right. at um, recommending books to people and reader's advisory is what the technical term that we call it in the libraries. But, um, there's always displays that people are setting up that touch on like current issues and, um, like interactive programming that we do. And, um, yeah, librarians love to talk about books and recommend books. That's, you know, a small part of what we do. Cause a lot of it is, you know, helping people on computers and showing people how to do research and databases and stuff like that. But when, when we get to talk about like fiction recommendations or nonfiction or something like that, that's, you'll see a a librarian's eyes light up (laughs) when they get to do that part of their job. So I worked at uh, Barnes and Noble for a while and that was the favorite part of my job. That's why I loved it. You know, have somebody come in and just start talking books Mm -hmm. and, you know, wandering around the store with them, giving them suggestions and talking about favorites Sorry. <laughs> well, what's it say? Yeah, read it out loud for everyone. It says why. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from your wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was something else that popped into my head was um, there's no card catalogs anymore. Like the old-fashioned mm-hmm. paper, pull out the drawer card. And there's a lot of people, younger people, that don't even know what they are. Right. I wouldn't have the site of school how to use one. Card catalogs are um, collectible now. I was going to say, yeah, they're collectible. If you can find one at like an antique store or something. I would love that. I've known some people that have had them in their house. Yeah. Make great storage things for your house. I saw one out at the rink like two months ago, but it was like $200. And I was like, no, I I want it, but I. Not not $200 want it bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's all digital now and finding doing research is so much easier. Mm. I remember in like middle school when I was learning all how to do all that and cross-referencing and like, you know, having to pull the card and take it to the shelf and trying to match everything up. It took forever. So it's great to have all those resources now. I'm just having, I'm recalling using one of the, was it microfilm? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was always just fascinated by that machine. (laughs) It was so loud. We still have some, don't we? Yeah, I think the downtown library yeah. is the only one that still has it. Oh, if, you, nice. if you need to, you know, refresh your memory we need on to how. Go back and play with the mic. Go be a little machines. nostalgic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I remember, see people using them, I think. Yeah. I remember looking copies. at old news, using those to look at old newspapers yeah. and just reeling through them real fast. Yeah. It's all digitized now, so you can just do keyword searches like for obituaries or, you know, to see what happened on the day you were born on the front page of the newspaper. You can just go through and do all that, and it just pulls up the, you know, the paper on the computer. It's great. All right. Favorite book. Oh, <laughs> that's a tough one. How you can't ask librarians that question. <laughs> Most recent favorite book. Oh God. Silence. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Most recent favorite book, uh, Wolf by Wolf. Oh yeah. It's a young adult title. Um, it's on the new 
high school Sequoia master list, which is like the kids choice book award that people vote on. Um, it's alternate history. It's about, um, a Holocaust survivor who is also a shapeshifter and she, the, the Axis powers won world war two and she has to get involved in a, um, motorcycle race. That's a plot to kill Hitler. It's super crazy and complicated, and it's like 10 different genres, and it's amazing. So it's like Man in the High Castle crossed with Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> with a teenage shapeshifter. With a little bit of a, a bit of Schindler's List or something. Yeah. yeah. Wolf by Wolf. It's amazing. Wolf, wolf, wolf by Wolf. Yeah. I actually remember, and, I, and, and I'll still do this. If I go into the library, I always love going into the... The young adult, the YA, but the YA books are so actually some of the best books. Absolutely. They yeah. just are. Um, like I mentioned earlier, reading um, Fault in Our Stars. Um, What's his name? Who wrote that? John Green. John, John Green. Green. All of his books. Years ago, we used to read all of the, um, oh, the guy that wrote, had Gary Paulson. Oh, yeah. And Hatchet. All Hatchet. Hatchet. Yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a huge book. I loved Hatchet. Yeah. Uh, like survival stories like that are some of my favorite, like I, I, my side of the mountain. And, yes. Yeah. I read hatchet to my daughter and she went into the shed and found my hatchet. <laughs> oh, is that why the hatchet yeah. was out? And I, I look outside, she's wandering around. She carries that hatchet everywhere. <laughs> you're in a plane crash in Canada. Well, yeah. You go, you're going to need a hatchet. That's all you need. <laughs> People are complaining thinking that video games make kids. Like, why is your daughter wielding a hatchet? All she read a book. Yeah, you know, I uh, I took poetry when I was in college, and I wrote a poem called "The Influence of Anglo-Saxon Literature on Today's Youth," and it was about a kid who went out and read and, and murdered a bunch of dogs because he had read Beowulf, and it inspired him to go out and do that. He might have had some issues to start with. Yeah. I didn't get into that part of it. I just played Beowulf. Beowulf inspired you to murder dogs. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you oh, put it into words. Because it was the time action. that you know Beavis and Butthead were getting blamed for kids oh, yeah. setting stuff on fire. Video so it was kind of my stuff, ironic yeah. response to that. <laughs> All right, Kristen, your okay. favorite new book. So um, I'm going to say Why the Last Man by mm -hmm. Brian K. Vaughn. We read that for my book club like maybe two months ago. And it's a graphic novel where there's this plague that kills all the males on the planet, except for this one guy and his pet monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And the monkey's name is Ampersand. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that book is fantastic. And Brian K. Vaughn has written tons of other stuff, including a nice run of Dr. Strange. Yes, yeah. So I've been, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite most recent book. And you said it's a graphic novel? Yes. And the library has it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like three or four volumes. Yeah. Graphic novels are taking off all like the last couple billion dollars made in the box office. <laughs> yeah. based off yeah, graphic novels. Finally figured like, out how to make a good super. One of the most movie. popular TV shows on right now yeah. is based on a graphic novel, The Walking Dead. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, and a lot of the stories, the, the kind of apocalyptic end of the world stories are still very, very popular. I think they'll always be popular. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was a huge surge in dystopia uh, yes. in the last five years. I feel like um, realistic fiction is probably taking over, especially in, in the young adult area. But yeah, zombies and, and all that stuff. Vampires Paranormal romance was super popular oh, yeah. for a while with like vampires and stuff with Twilight and everything. And then oh, so the one we had read. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that. Um, it took place of the main character. She's Irish. She goes back to Ireland and it turns out she's some kind of like, I don't know, has this ability to spot and kill evil She's like a fairy demon? Yeah, like fairy oh, demons. I remember you guys reading oh. this book. I just remember hearing it. And now there's like a bunch of them. It turned into a series of like eight of them. Um, but yeah, it was definitely paranormal romance. Yeah. And it was odd. There's some <laughs> dinosaur romances Something. that have yeah. come out. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> dinosaur romances? What is that? Like what? Raptured by the Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many subgenres for all different, like yeah. whatever you're into, there's a book series about it, I'm sure. I'm going to find the name of that book. I want to know. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, Aaron, what's your favorite book? Yeah. I got it right here with me. Sutri by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, a Cormac McCarthy book. How surprising. Oh, yeah, don't How surprising. Say. <laughs> hey, Aaron, did you know there's other authors than there Cormac is, McCarthy? There, there are no other authors. Well, I figure once I get done reading all of Cormac McCarthy, I'm going to read all of Thomas Pynchon. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the harder the book is to read, the more I'm going to enjoy it. 
Now, Sutri has some of the most beautiful language in it that I have ever read in my life. Like, I'll read a section of it. Like, there's a whole section in the book here, Mark, that I just go back and read over and over again because I've never heard anybody describe things the way that he does. <clears throat> One of my favorite things he did in, with the main character, Sutri, he has to go to the bus station and buy a bus ticket. And so he pulls out a crumpled bill out of his pocket and spreads it on the counter as the great emancipator looks up at him. And that was his way of saying he paid with a $5 bill. Because <laughs> awesome. Lincoln's on the $5 bill. Isn't and it that, great? Like when you read a book and it's just like, he made you he, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He forced you to have to realize that was a $5 bill instead of just telling you. Yeah. That bill. is the hallmark of a great writer is they take what seems to be a very simplistic thing that's occurring or a very simplistic thought or idea and make it very profound. Well, then sometimes when I read it, I'll have to, like, I need to hear what that sounds like out loud. And I just have to read mm -hmm. it out loud to get a better feel of it, to get a better sound, just to feel the words coming out of your mouth the way that he wrote them. I'll, every one of his books is that way. I'll read like passages aloud to my husband or something and just be <laughs> yes, like, like listen yep. to this, it's so <laughs> yes. Okay, amazing. so speaking of which, yeah. we'll do that right now. <laughs> this last paragraph, this is short. But uh, so I, I, I'm a huge Thomas Hardy fan. Oh, imagine his, that. Yeah, a lot of his books are dark. A lot of them will have Aaron, be nice. unhappy <laughs> endings. Um, and although The Mayor of Casterbridge does have a bit of a dark ending, it, has, it ends on a lighter note. So if you're not familiar with the story, the beginning of The Mayor of Casterbridge starts out with this uh, character, Michael Henchard, and him and his pregnant wife go to like this festival. It's, you know, probably the, the mid 1800s in like Southern England. And there's an auctioneer auctioning off cattle and he auctions off his wife. He sells his wife to this sailor. And then he wakes up the next morning drunk, realizes that his wife was gone. And then we kind of follow him. You know, we, we jump ahead a few years and now the baby's born. Her name's Elizabeth well, he, like, Jane. He wakes up like, did I sell my yeah, wife? Yeah, he's all hung over and he's like, oh my God, I sold my wife. I mean, that, that's Oops. literally what happens. And then he winds up becoming the mayor of this town called Casterbridge. And towards the end of the book, the, the wife and the daughter come back. And Elizabeth Jane uh, kind of becomes a prominent figure in this town. And she grew up with kind of a, a, a crappy life. Things did not ever go well for her. Just nothing was ever good. And now towards the end of the story, like, like her dad has now died, but now she's living this great life. She's helping run this town and everything's absolutely awesome. And so that's basically what he says at the end is that she's reflecting on how her childhood was terrible and how she used to think that happiness only was just these things that sometimes happened in your life. But this is how he puts it. He says, her, her experience had been of a kind to teach her rightly or wrongly that the doubtful honor of a brief transit through a sorry world hardly called for effusiveness, even when the path was suddenly irradiated at some halfway point by daybeams rich as hers. But her strong sense that neither she nor any human being deserved less than was given did not blind her to the fact that there were others receiving less who had deserved much more. And being forced to class herself among the fortunate, she did not cease to wonder at the persistence of the unforeseen, when the one to whom such unbroken tranquility had been accorded in the adult stage was she whose youth had seemed to teach that happiness was but the occasional episode in a general drama of pain. The end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no one talks like that anymore. <laughs> might be a reason for that <laughs> it's awesome it's just it's it's absolutely awesome when you close a book and and you're like oh i'm so sad this is over and then you can't stop thinking about mm -hmm. it like that's when you know that it's just a great book so i'm in love, I love with mccarthy when i finished reading blood meridian i closed the book and i just went <laughs> i just <laughs> finished across the yeah. room <laughs> i've only ever thrown one book across the room what'd you room. throw um whatever george r. r martin book the red wedding happened in at that okay. point i was like just threw it and then I was like, I'm not reading anymore. And then, like 20 minutes later, everyone picked it up. I've really only thrown one, and I, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's the only one I've just violently thrown, which was um, Atlas Shrugged. Oh, yeah. Like in the middle of John Galt's speech, you know, there's only like 80 pages left in the book. I was like, screw this guy. I think I tore it in half, too. <laughs>
What book does he throw in the movie Silver so, Linings Playbook? Is it a Hemingway book? Yeah, that's a Hemingway book. Oh, I don't remember. Sun Also Rises. I think it's the Sun Also Rises. That, that he throws sense, yeah. it. Does he throw it out the window? Doesn't he break the window? Yeah, I think he yeah. breaks the window with the book. Because he gets so And then mad. he goes and wakes up his dad and bitches <laughs> his dad out. <laughs> So what that, happened in the book? That book we were trying to think of is called Dark Fever by Karen Marie Moaning. Don't know that one. Um, Rhonda says that she has effed that entire series up. It's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> my wife calls uh, romance books, her, she calls it smut. Yeah. And she tears through those. There's like a, a stack <laughs> of two dozen on her nightstand table. And she, she reads them, you know, three or four at a time. And Get some all from the library. Yay! Mm-hmm. Almost every one of them she gets from the library. She does go to the library. Yeah, her and Maddie go to the library constantly. a lot. We have a great um, because our libraries are all part of one system. You can request books. Interlibrary loans. Yeah, yeah, we do that too. But um, like, we have trucks that travel between all of our libraries every day. So if you want, if you're at the Edmond Library and you want something on the shelf that's at Southern Oaks, you can just put a request in and they'll move it there oh. for you. And you you can return it downtown. And so it's all like part of a cooperative system. But then if there's something that we don't have, you can interlibrary loan that as well. Nice. So you you can get pretty much whatever you want. All right. Where are our libraries? So they're all over. Ooh, a map. We've got a map. Materials here. Yeah. It's, if you go to our library website, metrolibrary.org, um, the, the map is there. But um, downtown, there's, and it's Oklahoma County. And so it's all like Midwest City, Dell City, War okay. Acres, Bethany. There's even like smaller community libraries in like Luther, Jones, Hera. So we're all over the place. I gotta tell you, if you haven't been to the downtown library yet, you have got to go down there. It's a nice building. Yeah. I've done uh, some, used to take my daughter down there for cool interactive events. One of them involving like a parachute game and oh, yeah. parachute arts play. and crafts. Sugar Free All Stars is yes. playing somewhere. Or? Yeah, they're coming they're, back this summer. Are they? They're touring yeah. for Neighborhood Arts. That's a good segue. Yeah. So. Put that right there. Um, so Neighborhood Arts, we have different performing groups that come through every week and go to each library. And we've got stuff like Rhythmically Speaking, Sugar Free All-Stars, Adam and Kizzy, OKC Improv. OKC Improv, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Wow. They do a great kids program. Yeah. And the kids love it. Wow. Super interactive and fun. Cimarron Opera, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Sugar, Michael Corley, the Reduction oh, yeah. Theater group is, they're doing a play. Um, the Oklahoma Children's Theater. Are we missing anyone? Oh, yeah. Um, Chasing James. They're like two moms that are musicians and like their songs are really fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it, they go to all the libraries in the whole system. So Monday through Friday, every week throughout the summer, you can go to one of the libraries and see a live performance. Oh, wow. And Sugar Free All-Stars is like, that's a rock show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. We They're watched them at the dancing. state capitol yeah. during the I've seen them at the library. Day. I've seen them at the, seen them at the state capitol. I've seen them at... Uh, saw them at Norman Music Post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Western, the Lawn on Western event, oh. whatever that's called. So do these take place at a certain time of day or... Yeah, just- they're, um, like, if you go to the Northwest Library, there's one every Monday morning at 1030 every week during the summer. And so just whatever library is closest to you, you just know their regular performance and you can go every week or you can go to different libraries if you need to. Yeah. I think sugar free all stars has a bit of a fan club that follows them from <laughs> library to library. And they don't play just kids songs. You know, the, we, no, was, no, uh-uh. yeah. the Western on the lawn of event. Still can't remember. No, they, they, were, they played a Prince cover. Well, the they, uh, yeah. They, like, yeah, they covered a, uh, a talking head song. Well, they started off. You know, playing bars. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then they started doing children's shows because of the library. Um, my former boss kind of was like, you, could, you should try children's music. And, and then they started and kind of developed a show. Yeah. yeah. Well, just they already the had the spider song, mm-hmm. which they had been doing before. And it kind of evolved and they started doing more kids songs. But they make me think a little bit of they might be giants. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love they might be giants. Yeah. And then when my daughter was little, I learned that They Might Be Giants has an album called Here Come the ABCs. And the One, Two, Threes. Yeah, the One, Two, Threes. Um, 
The and country song. They transitioned to children's music later in their career. Too. <laughs> Does anybody know the words to that one? Can we sing that? No. I don't no, know. but it's not too dissimilar <laughs> from uh, when the Animaniacs do the, the country song. Oh. Which is no longer accurate. There are no longer two Yemens. Oh. Yemen, like Zimbabwe. They're going to have that, to go back and update it. Yeah. United States, Canada, Mexico, Mexico Panama, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Cuba Caribbean. Caribbean. Greenland, El Salvador, too. <laughs> That's impressive. Wow. Animaniacs is in Netflix. It's, 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 it's in, in my there? head, and it's it? never yeah. leaving. I've been watching it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I've watched like the first season of it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, in fact, what I'm, uh, to speak of that, um, there's an episode of Tiny Toons that they might be giants. They did music videos inside yeah. of Tiny yeah. Toons. That's awesome. Um, and they had, a whole, they had a whole episode of Tiny Toons where they were doing music videos for all these yeah. Songs and Istanbul was Constantinople. Particle Man. Yeah. Particle Man. Oh. But then they also did like um I forget who sings the song, but Money. Yeah. Where they had Maximilian doing it was it was fantastic. <laughs> but you can actually learn a lot from the Might Be Giant songs. That that song, what was it called? Mammal, I think. It's just a song about mammals. Mammals. Their names mammals. are called They Raise a Paw, the Bat, the Cat, Dolphin and Dog, Koala Bear and Hog, no, the Ox. That's how you got singing. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can check that CD out from the exactly. library. We saw They Might Be Giants in concert at, at Kane's Ballroom, and they played some of their songs off um, Here Come the ABCs. Nice. I like that guys. country song. Everybody in the crowd was singing along with yeah. it. It was that's awesome. That's awesome. Like, doesn't... <laughs> Verf Pipe has a children's album. Yeah, they really? do. Yeah. That's funny. Verf Pipe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they played it um, Wiggle Out Loud. Wiggle Out Loud one year. Wait, what? It's a children's Wiggle album. Out loud. Really? That, was, that went on in front of the Civic Center, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do I remember that? There's something yeah, else going on that day. We drove <laughs> down there when it was going on. There were like eight events going on down there. Uh, that day. Seven thousand children, yeah. like yeah. running. Yeah, around. there were like multiple yeah. events, down, and I wound up at that. I was like, "Oh, wait a second, this is Wiggle Out Loud. This is not where I'm supposed to be." This is pretty cool, though. That's a lot of fun. That's one of the events that the library is at. We have a booth. We actually help um, support the program and mm-hmm. like set up. We do transportation for some of the artists to and from the hotel. So. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's fantastic. I just had another memory, too, of the... We grew up in Shawnee, and the library used to be in kind of this old... Oh, we had one of the old Carnegie libraries. Yeah, yeah. it was like the old... Yeah, yeah it was... It, Marble and... Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like a... It, it definitely looked like a civic building, you know? Um, and then they built the brand new library on Main Street, which was probably about, like, 15, 16 blocks away. And so in order to move the books from one building to the other, they organized this big book moving day. And they just, it was a chain of people. It started at the, at the old library mm-hmm. and everybody just stood next to each other until it reached all the way to the neighborhood and just handed books down the line. And we did that all day until all the books were moved <laughs> from one library to the new library. And when then the, they let you go into the new library. And it was, it was awesome. We knew all the librarians was, there. Yeah, and yeah. Was that the most efficient way to do that? You think? <laughs> of I mean, course. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it might've been, I mean, I mean if, if they're close enough proximity and you think about like, Oh, loading on a truck, right. and loading off. A truck. We did like a ceremonial book moving ceremony like that mm-hmm. when the new downtown library. Oh, opened. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because it used to be, um, was it Dean McGee? It's condos now or apartments yeah. or something across from kitchen 324. That's where okay. the old library used to be mm-hmm. the old downtown library. And so they organized like a ceremonial book handing, but then they, that was like an hour or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And everyone who attended got like a little ceremonial medallion, which I think I still nice. have somewhere. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That was absolutely. Are awesome. there any old, any of those old Carnegie libraries left in the system? Not in our system. Mm. I'm sure there are some in the state still. Yeah, I don't know. Shawnee's building is still there, but it's a law library now. Yeah. So it's not oh, very it's interesting. It's such a cool building, though. And the kids section upstairs. Uh-huh. Oh. I remember I the library remember cards. There were like these orange flimsy things that had a little, a little metal piece <laughs> in the bottom corner. Because then we would put that in the machine. It was like running a credit card. Yeah. And then they put the slip back in the book. It's due in two weeks. <laughs> I love people who come into the library and they have like their super old mm-hmm. library cards that's like that are like these laminated mm-hmm. orange yeah. and they're falling apart yeah. and they're like, Yeah, I'm so proud I have my super my, my super old card. <laughs> but they, the new ones are like just have a barcode on them. And I still have my old like blue and yellow children's card. But like when I became an adult I had to get like a new card. So that was the other yeah. thing. Yeah, we had the kids' card and I 
that one that had the metal piece in it was that was the adult library card. That was like a big day. Yeah. It's like I finally got my adult library card. Oh, well, my daughter got her library card. She thought she was an old kid. Like, I'm such a big kid now. It's a rite Flash of passage. Yeah. It is a rite of passage. Yeah. I don't think we ever asked Stephen what his favorite book is. We didn't. I was. I've been sitting here thinking that almost this whole time. I was like, I don't. The last books I've read were. Not super interesting nonfiction stuff, but I mean, one of my favorite books, obviously, is this one, Hitchhiker's Guide. Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide um, which you should realize that if you listen to this show. How old were you when you read that for the first time? A lot older than you'd probably think. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I was. I mean, I remember I going and remember. buying Mostly Harmless the day it came out. Yeah. It was, I mean, I was probably at the earliest I was in high school, maybe, when I read this. I think I was 12 when I first read it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, I just was reminded by something. This isn't necessarily related to reading, but it actually is relevant to me in this book. Have you heard of these things? And I believe they're now calling them uh, mandala effects. It's these societal glitches in our memory that happen to a large segment of the population. So they're called Mandala effects because apparently there's a large segment of the population who all have this very distinct memory of Nelson Mandela dying in prison. And then he was released from prison and everybody was like, I swear he died. Like it was this big deal. There's a whole article. And then there was a recent resurgence of this with the Berenstain bears. Yes. Stain or Stein. Right. Yeah. I remember Baron Stein bears mm-hmm. and a lot of people do, but it's Baron Stein. So it's a Mandela effect. I had a similar experience with Hitchhiker's Guide in that for the longest time, I swear up and down, his name was Zafrod. That there was an R in Zafrod's name. And it was Did other people think that too? That you I don't know if this is just me or anybody else, but I remember like I picked the book up a couple years later and started to reread it. And then I was like, Wait a minute. Zafon? Zafon. I was like, I think I had just bought this copy maybe and I was rereading it and I was like, did I get a misprint or <laughs> you go in there and you start writing an extra R in there to make yeah. it. Right. And I started yeah. searching and going crazy and it drew, drove me crazy. Cause I swore it was Zafrod and it took me a long time to readjust and to Zafod. But just don't there. There's another thing actually that's similar to that with a movie quote. Um, the, Quote that everybody swears they know what movie this is from. What does it do? It doesn't do anything. That's the beauty of it. That's a movie quote that I like to quote to people that are, I know which one. And then we research and research and there is no movie that has that, that line in it. But everybody thinks that they know it's from a movie that they've seen. That weird sort of collective subconscious thing. It actually is from a movie. No, it's not. It is now. It is now. It's in our movie. Oh, shit, it is. <laughs> We may have seen that movie, though. It was self-fulfilling. It was a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. That movie will be released soon. <laughs> Mercury um, Retrograde, coming to a theater. Uh, coming probably to a website. <laughs> website near you. Well, all, all websites are near you. Some are further away than you think. All right, so another reading challenge. There's some awesome kids' books being turned into movies this year that everyone needs to read. And I think the most... Recent one coming out is the BFG. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And I just I read the BFG. Roll doll. And it was written, the, the screenplay was written by Melissa Matheson, who just passed away. She, she wrote the screenplay for E.T. And Steven cool. Spielberg has directed it. And it's, it's going to be the awesome. best Roll doll book since Matilda. See, when I, oh, saw I was going to mention Matilda earlier because she fits in this witches. conversation. I love yes. the witches. When I saw that yeah. movie poster, I was flipping through trailers and I saw that movie poster. I, went, I didn't know anything about it. And I went a whole different way because BFG actually has a uh, pop culture reference. Uh, if you're like me, who grew up in the 90s playing computer games, there's a game, I believe this was Doom, that had a weapon called the BFG 9000. It stood for something completely different. <laughs> Wasn't uh, the big friendly giant? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it, was, it was big fucking gun. Yeah. yeah. So. Was that Doom or was that Wolfenstein? I don't remember. I, it crossed. It was, it was one of the Steam. it games. So. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Um, I don't remember which one it, but I think it actually appeared in multiple 
id software titles eventually. The BFG is actually one of the books that kids can um, get as one of their prizes this summer. Uh, If they reach their reading goals, yeah, they can come in. We made sure to buy that because we knew the movie was coming out and we figured it would be popular. So. Um, I, did, I did end up watching the trailer. It looks really good. Yeah, it does. Well, I feel like I think I think Roald Dahl got that idea for the BFG from the silver chair in the Chronicles of Narnia. Do you remember that? It's been the such kids, a long time since I read that book. The, uh, the marsh wiggle from the silver chair takes the kids on an advent. They're trying to find Prince Rillian and they get uh, sidetracked to this city of giants. And the city of giants are going to eat the kids. And that's oh, what, yeah. you know, oh. the BFG and the little girl get the Queen of England to put a stop to. I said Roald Dahl would have been my... Did you just <laughs> did I? Did I? did I? I didn't. You'll I have to see attention. how it happens. You know, if you haven't read the BFG, <laughs> they have some pretty creative solutions to that problem. I would say Roald Dahl is kind of what solidified my addiction to reading when I did... Um, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach. And then obviously Matilda, which is, I'd like, I still watch the movie Matilda to this day. It was one of the first movies that I bought like on Amazon, you know, watch it at least once a month. I remember reading those books as a kid and being like, these are so funny. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know books could be this like silly. Yeah. Snarky. Yeah. Yeah. And dark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember Roald Dahl being like, the first author whose books I read mm. when I was able to actually read chapter books. I went right. from reading, you know, like picture books and like mm-hmm. easier stuff and reading Matilda and finishing that book in like two days oh. and being so proud of myself. I'm like, wow. Oh, and that's one really- of his longer books too. Yeah. That's- and like my, my dad <laughs> loved all of his books. So we already had them in our house. So I would just like pull another nice. one off the mm-hmm. shelf and start reading that one. That's one who's like, when you're, when you find out that, like authors have other books that are like the books that you've read before. And, and like, you just read everything by one author. That was probably one of the first authors I did that with. Yeah. Well, that was one of the first things I bought for my daughter. I went on Amazon and I just wanted to get a couple of Roald Dahl books. And they said, how about this box set of 15 of them? I said, absolutely. Yes. Let's just Take my get money. them all. <laughs> but the little prince is being made into a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, who was the guy who played the dude? What's his name from Big Jeff Lebowski? Bridges. Jeff Bridges is playing the, the pilot. Cool. Really? And the awesome. Little Prince. Yeah. I didn't know that. Another, another book from that time for me is Charlotte's Web. That was kind of around the same time. And then also reading all the Shel Silverstein mm-hmm. poetry yeah. book for the sidewalk ends, the light in the attic. Yeah. That Paul Bunyan poem, if you remember that. <laughs> it was awesome. Scratched his butt and picked his nose. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I remember being so excited when I really got into Shel Silverstein and then my dad brought out, um, was it Dr. Hook and the Medicine Band? was uh-huh. like, he wrote some of the songs yep. for this yes. band. And so listening to those and be like, oh yeah. Shel Silverstein wrote a boy named Sue. Yeah. That's right. Forgot that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he did. Yeah. The and then the, the last famous. poetry I ever read from Shel Silverstein was, uh, I think the last poetry he ever published was in Playboy. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought was that raunchy. was awesome. I was like, wow, this dude <laughs> like wrote the best kids poems and Playboy. Like, this guy he knows it all. Everything. Very creative. <laughs> so metrolibrary.org is your website, yes. correct? Yes. Okay, awesome. And that's where they can find all these cool services, digital checkouts and maps of where the libraries are yep the catalogs there so you can look at all the different materials we have um and there's also like a research tab where you can get access to all the databases which we didn't even talk about but like you can learn languages and and do software training and um if you're taking like uh the act or the sats or something like that there's study guide databases there's so much stuff there's newspapers from around the world and in other languages um statistics consumer yeah. reports like yeah like all different kinds of like stuff you can get into there and then the calendar of events so all the free programs that are happening in our libraries are on the website as well and then all the information about hours and locations and maps and stuff like that and you can actually sign up for a temporary card on the website and be able to access all the digital stuff and that's good for two weeks until you come in and get like your actual physical oh, nice. card so even if you don't have time to run in this weekend since you know Sometimes people are busy. You can sign up online and still explore all that stuff before you make it in. Nice. <clears throat> and the calendar event for the neighborhood art stuff, is that all? 
Yep. Yeah, that's all on there too. too. Fantastic. And yep. the summer reading program is all ages. Yes. yes. Babies yep. all the way up through grownups. <laughs> yep. nice. And it's a great motivational, you know, way to, if you're like, I, I need to read more, you know, sign up for summer reading. It'll keep track of your reading. You can kind of watch your progress as you get towards your goals and everything. Awesome. And so, yeah. I think I will be signing up. I hope so. I yeah. need to. And sign your family up. We can follow you on Twitter at Metro Library OK. Yep. Same thing on Instagram. Same thing on Instagram. We're doing a, a fun campaign um, for summer called hashtag I read because and highlighting reasons why people read and why reading is important. Um, we have a really cool literary community in Oklahoma City. Um, and there's more stuff happening, more events. Um, which Somebody did the, brought Sebastian Younger to town. Yeah, yeah. that was us. What, really? Was that you? Yeah, yeah. that was um, the what? library in Our literary yeah. voices. A Perfect yeah. Storm? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. He did a big fundraiser. Like in April? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's cool. Um, and so we're asking people to post why they read and use hashtag I read because. And we've got some like local um, news anchors and the Sugar Free All Stars did one and you guys are going to do one. Yes. And we'll post that. <laughs> so um, we encourage people to do that as well. Hey, did you know the guy that directed the movie A Perfect Storm with George Clooney is the same person that directed Neverending Story? Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. I didn't know that. Uh, he also directed Das Boot. And Das Boot. That's right. (laughs) In fact, they went to Wolfgang Peterson to direct Neverending Story because he had just created some of the technology for filming Das Boot that they used in Neverending Story. And And they used the same composer in both movies. Really? Das Boot and Neverending Story. So when you watch Das Boot and the Neverending Story, you hear some of the same musical (laughs) themes. So I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. go read Neverending Story. That's a oh great book. Oh my God, book. that book is amazing. Love that book. And wasn't it originally written in German? Yes. Yeah, it's a German book. So oh. it makes sense that Wolfgang Peterson <laughs> yeah. I was so scared of that movie when I was a kid and I've never rewatched it. Oh, oh so it good. totally holds up. The, the oh. giant, I know that like the giant the flying fighter. guy. Oh, yeah. He, I don't know. I know he's a good guy, but he scared yeah. me so much. The luck dragon. <laughs> Falcor. Yeah. Falcor. Falcor. The Treyu. <laughs> It's probably about the time we wrap it up. Let's go read a book. <laughs> I'm glad we ended it on Neverending Story. Yeah, yes. I, it on. I like that. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies, so much for yeah, being thank here. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this go visit gonna, these ladies at the library. Please it's going to be a great summer. All right, thank you. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Wafty Show with Stephen, Aaron, and John. As always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown, recorded by the magnificent Kurt PR. Kurt's, Kurt's awesome. awesome. That is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be found. Remember, as you go out to visit our local places and events, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. Tip your waiters, waitresses, bartenders, musicians, and artists. They're out there working hard for you. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience, where you can subscribe, rate, and comment. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wafty Show. Facebook.com slash Wafty Show. We'll see you next week. I'll be free. Why now, baby? When I'm stuck, you're the man.